Hi, I'm Melissa Minko, and you're listening to Love and Dating Shows. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Love and Dating Shows. I am thrilled to have today's guest on and honestly shocked that she even saw my DM (laughs) to be on here. Just so beyond excited. I've been following Dana for over a year now, and I just really enjoy the content she puts out on Instagram and via her podcast, but I'm going to let her get into what that all means. So if you're not familiar with her, Dana, go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm Dana Omari. I run the pretty popular Instagram page, IG Famous by Dana. And then I have a podcast called Serial Fillers. And I really just talk about cosmetic procedures, um, celebrities, and pop culture. Yeah. So when you were asking me what the theme was of our conversation and how we were going to be thinking about it, the reason I was so excited to have you on is because you do such a great job of kind of pulling the curtain back on what everybody is consuming. Reality TV culture, celebrity culture, pop culture in general is just massive these days, but it's a very blurred line between what's happening and and what's actually real. Um, Especially when it comes to relationships, I was listening, I don't know if you listen to Dumois' podcast at all, but um, they were talking about how like, you know, this relationship is for PR, this relationship is for PR, et cetera, et cetera. And it's kind of like, how do we know that anything we're consuming is even real anymore? And you always talk about how the beauty standards we're looking at and getting inspired by or influenced by are are often very much not real. So um, I just wanted to start with just kind of, you know, the fact that you are this pop culture aficionado and you really do apply such a beautiful critical thinking lens to all of your observations. So just where did this fascination even come from? The fascination, like my fascination? Yeah. How did you get into uh, this? Well, I, I've been working in medical industry for a really, really long time. And people would just ask me a lot of questions that made it very obvious that they didn't know anything about cosmetic procedures. And truly before I started working, I didn't know that much. I didn't know that Botox, you know, doesn't go on your cheeks. Like if it, you think about, um, I think it's the Cinderella, yeah, Cinderella story. And she's like, I can't, I'm angry at you, but you can't tell because I got Botox. It doesn't really work that way. And we just don't know it because it's a taboo subject. And so there's a lot of misconceptions out there. So I started with that. And then I realized that um, a lot of celebrities lie or hide cosmetic procedures. And that actually, it exacerbates the misconceptions even worse. So people would come in and say outrageous things to me that I think if they sat down and thought, they would think, oh, there's no way that's true. Like Jennifer Aniston, the reason why her skin looks so good is because she uses lemon water and she just eats grilled chicken. Like she's just super healthy. So her skin looks amazing. And I'm like, that's not how it works. That's not it. But that's how I got started. So I started an Instagram page kind of to um, educate and also um, show that a lot of these celebrities are keeping some secrets to themselves. Yeah. And have you always been such an astute celebrity culture observer or did it just become more and more of an interest because you were getting these questions? Oh, I've always loved (laughs) things related to celebrities. (laughs) I mean, I remember even being that, so I'm 32, um, you know, reading Seventeen magazine and seeing like what workout 
Britney Spears was doing or whatever it is when I was like 12 years old, you know? So um, it's always been a fascination. And I think it has been for a lot of people. I know a lot of people think that it's a recent thing, but I think it's just that we're bombarded by celebrity messages now because of social media, but we've always been looking to like magazines and reading their interviews and finding out what their favorite, you know, perfume is or whatever it is. Right. And we've been consuming that for decades. Definitely. And did you always kind of suspect that more was to the picture than what you were seeing and being fed? Or did that just come with the territory of, of working for a med spa? Um, I figured that they were getting some work done. I didn't know that much about what work was, but I know when I was growing up as a teenager, it was like a big deal about the photoshopping mm-hmm. and um, like models or airbrushed. Airbrush was like the, the word, right? And I'm sure they were getting work done too, but people were more focused on that. Yeah, there's definitely been a cultural shift there. I think as more subtle and non-surgical cosmetic procedures also have become more popular too. I agree. And also now it's that we're face tuning ourselves, the actresses, the influencers, they're, they're face tuning themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, before though, it was, I think a little bit more insidious because you had professional photoshoppers that were doing really crazy things that looked very natural. Mm-hmm. Now, um, a lot of people are not looking natural in their face tune. It's actually comical when you see some of these face tune bills. Yeah, I know you post, you're like, okay, clearly this celebrity is doing it herself. She needs help. Should I be helping her? Right. <laughs> I'm like, that's amazing. So <laughs> I'm curious, who are your favorite celebrity couples? Because you've posted a bit. I, I mean, I'm going to guess maybe that it's ASAP and Rihanna. Would they be one of them just because you like Oh my God. Okay. Is their baby not going to be absolutely gorgeous? (laughs) Seriously. I'm so ready. I can't wait. (laughs) No, absolutely. Love them. Love them. Um, I also really like Chrissy Teigen and John Legend. I just think they're really cute together. And I know that Chrissy Teigen has, you know, a lot of people that are not into her, but I just like together, they balance each other out. And I just think that they're amazing as a couple. Yeah. Another one I really love (laughs) is actually um, Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian. If they are for PR, I don't care. (laughs) It works. Like she smiles and laughs with him. We don't see that. We have not seen like a laughing Kim in maybe the entirety of her relationship with Kanye. And so if she's faking it, I want her to keep faking it. I I'm loving it. And I, if you really were to ask me like, what do I really believe? I would say, I think it's a mix of, he makes her laugh. He's a, he's refreshing after a very serious and long relationship that maybe could have been abusive has definitely stifled some of her personal like expression and, you know, her autonomy. I think that he's like this, like fun, like just accepting of her type person. But then of course there is that whole, you know, they're getting a lot of buzz, but truly anybody that Kim was like, anyone she dates is going to be buzzworthy, right? It's Kim. So I don't know. I love it. I know when people accuse her of PR, I'm like, isn't her whole life PR? Like she gets PR no matter what, like, I don't understand what, I don't know. Yeah. I'd be surprised. (laughs) I feel like if it is like 
I feel like the PR part would be that she is seeing him and she was like, you know what? I'm going to milk it for all it's worth. Like I'm having fun with him, but might as well step out and get some headlines while I'm at it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that actually brings up a really good point. And this is a question I ask a lot of people. I'm curious what your recipe for compatibility is then, because if it's, is it laughter always, or is that just for someone specifically who's been through something tough or. I mean, I feel like laughter is really important to me, um, but it's not necessarily something that maybe everyone wants or needs. Everyone needs something different in a relationship. I think that compatibility really comes down to respect. And I'm not even crossing into when someone's disrespectful. I'm just saying, if someone can understand that you're a separate person and work with that and doesn't try to change you. And I think that's ultimately, you could have two completely different people or two very similar people. I don't necessarily believe it has to be opposites attract. Mm-hmm. I think that as long as you understand each other, like on a fundamental level, and there are at least a couple things that you guys can do to enjoy your time together. I think that's all that really matters. And, mm-hmm. but for me, humor and laughter is important. Mm-hmm. I'm just enjoying it with Kim because she used to always smile and everything in her pictures before. And then I think like with Kanye, it was kind of a, he wants her to look fierce. He wants yeah. her to look like a model all the time. And And then now she's back to smiling and laughing again. And I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We love a happy Kim for sure. Right. Or a smiling anyone. I think that's, yeah, a really, for sure. A nice thing to see always, Mm -hmm. especially right now. (laughs) So which celebrity couples are your least favorites or just ones you don't really care for, but everyone else seems to like, and you're like, I don't get it. Okay. Kanye with anyone right now, like if you want to talk about (laughs) PR, like it's to the point where I'm annoyed. I don't want to hear about it anymore. It's not interesting. Right. That's all I'm going to say about that. (laughs) Um, Megan Fox and and Kelly. Okay. So I love Megan Fox. I've been obsessed with her for a really long time. And when they first got together, I was like, okay, like it's fine. But now I feel like they're trying so hard. It's not even like trying so hard for attention that bothers me. It's like trying so hard to the point where I'm like repulsed. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, I feel like they're trying to be Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton, but like weirder somehow. And I was like, how can someone be weirder than that? So for those of you who are not as old as I am, Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton got like matching tattoos and like did like a blood transfer and wore each other's like blood vials, like Mm -hmm. on their wedding day. And they did a lot of these antics that are like similar to MGK and Megan, except somehow it's just not translating. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Like some of it, I'm like, okay, we don't really need to know that you broke a table having sex on it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I don't know. They're, they're a lot. lot. Yeah. I like them, but it's only because I really sadly like his music, not previously, but I like this like punk era of his. And so I was into his music this time around and then they got together and obviously I love her. I think she's everything. So then I got really excited about them, but even I'm sick of it. I feel like if I'm sick of it, then everyone has to be sick of it. Yeah. I feel like they're the type of couple that would like be sitting across from you at dinner and then like touch tongues and you'd be like, really at dinner? (laughs) Like, yeah. 
<laughs> We've all seen that couple. Do you like yeah. Kevin and Travis then? Or how do you feel I about that? I actually do because they, as much as they're also being like that alt, like kind of super into each other couple, we're not seeing that stuff. They're not, they're not saying like really like particular and gross things out loud in their captions, you know, <laughs> like their captions are like, love you forever, baby. Like, okay, sure. But they're not like, this is my passion, baby, love, sex, triangle, <laughs> tongue touching, soulmate in heaven and hell. Like, please, like, uh, too much. And what dating shows do you watch? I know the reason I even reached out to you is because you were posting about love is blind and I'm really curious what other ones you're watching or if that's kind of your go-to. Oh, I love all of them because I think that they're ridiculous. Um, I love like love Island. Um, are you the one, um, I can't think of any off the top of my head, I feel like, but just all of them. They're all amazing and ridiculous and just so much fun to watch. And especially the ones where everyone is super hot, like right. at like some beach resort. <laughs> so too hot to handle. Too hot to handle, yeah. <laughs> All of those. Well, I'm glad you watch Love Island. That's my absolute favorite. And that was why I started this whole podcast was just because I, it's the only thing that brings me a a consistent amount of joy for eight straight weeks. Like nothing (laughs) else will do. Like, I don't know. I mean, unless I'd be traveling for eight straight weeks and really just on a beach myself, it's the only source of happiness that it just, it never fails me. And there's so many great seasons. So do you watch the British version or U.S. or I, I have. Um, I started with that. And really the reason why I even knew about that was because someone said, like the Love Island contestants get a lot of work done and it's really obvious. Yes. And so I have people saying, oh, what about, I don't remember anyone's name, but like Brittany from Love Island, like what has she done? And I'm looking and I'm like, oh, everything. She's done a yeah. lot. Um, <laughs> And so that's why I started watching because I hadn't heard of it. And then it was suddenly showing, I think on Netflix mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is what I've been, you know, wanting to watch. And so I started watching it. Um, again, one of those, everyone is extremely hot, like <laughs> in bikinis all the time. Right. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Are there are you across the board, like all reality TV in general, or is dating shows a specific genre that you really enjoy the most? My absolute favorites are definitely Real Housewives. Okay. Real Housewives is my all-time favorite. I'm not reality across the board. I will say I actually love the Kardashians, do not like their show. I think their show was and probably will be again on Hulu very boring and each season it was less interesting because they're like you know really worried about their image and so I just was not a fan I just Mm -hmm. wasn't but every single clip that like went viral because you know there's always like one clip or two like that just everyone watched I've seen all of those like once it makes it to social media because it's that funny or interesting then I've seen it for sure. No, that's fair. Do you, are you as prominent on TikTok then as you are on Instagram or do you not really try to dabble as much over there? I started like trying to film for that, but I have so much on my plate and it's the more platforms you have, the more time consuming it is. 
but I am on TikTok consuming the videos. <laughs> I am just one right after another. For sure. Well, I bet. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much content, especially for you with all of the different uh, surgeries that people have had and this and that, that you can take a look back at when you're doing your research and seeing like over yeah. the years. Yeah. That's probably very, people are sleuths, like full on sleuths on TikTok. No, I mean, the FBI should definitely hire all of us because we are really good at what we do. For sure. I, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I'm very impressed. So, okay. So you mentioned which dating shows are your favorites. Was there ever one person in particular that you just became so obsessed with on a dating show or just you just like watching them in general and, and watching all the hot people? <laughs> ever um, there's one, um, there's one couple. I need to remember what their names are. It, it was like Shauna Fudge. Do you know who oh, I'm talking Shanice about? and Luke T. Yeah. Yes. yes. Was that Love Island? It was Love Island. It was okay. I love them. I love them. I follow both of them. I hope they're still together as I'm talking about this. They're not. They just broke up like over winter break timing or like a little bit earlier than that. And she's already dating someone new. Well, she's stunning. So I know. I I loved them. And that means they lasted like what? Two or three years? Two Mm. years? Yeah, they were. Were they? Well, it would have been like a year and a half or no, maybe it was, it was, yeah, it was two years. Cause it was two winters ago. Yeah. Ugh, I know. I was really sad about them. <laughs> I love them. Oh my gosh. No, I know. I'm sorry to break. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. See, the thing is, oh, well then also love is blind. We have, um, from season one, I just forgot their names too the tech guy, I think she's a lawyer, Lauren, Cameron and Lauren. Yeah. From the very beginning, I was like, wow, this is amazing. So when I was watching season two, I was expecting like something like that. And I cannot believe what we got. (laughs) That was a shit show of a show. Like I don't, I, the whole time I was like, this can't be real. Did they even check these people? I was told to watch love, um, love is blind Japan. I haven't started it, but everyone's saying that it's a million times better. I really want to watch it. So I did an episode on Terrace House, which is like a Japanese dating show. And I watched a whole season. It was really interesting because they just move so much slower than we do. But because of that, they end up at a way more serious spot in their relationship than we do by the end. So like they haven't necessarily had sex and they haven't like met each other's families, but it's a very big deal if they've been together that long yeah that they you know like if you tell someone you like them it means a lot in that so I'm really curious what love is blind looks like and there's also a Brazilian version and I'm really curious about that too and what the differences are going to be culturally between all three countries so right yeah it'll be fascinating for sure yeah well you have to let me know when you watch the Japanese one and I'll watch it too and we can compare notes because I'm really curious what that looks like (laughs) For sure. Um, also, so I love the ones that there's like a another layer to it's more than just dating. Mm-hmm. Like, are you the one and F Boy Island, where the layer is trying to teach people well, like how to make better choices than just like physical mm-hmm. and lustful choices. Right. And then, of course, like tempt them by having like the hottest people in the world all together <laughs> in bikini only. Yep. I don't think they're allowed to wear anything else. <laughs> so. 
Yeah. Um, I love those. I'm really, I never watched Fuckboy Island, but I do, I need to watch it. My sister said it was actually quite good. And that's very out of character for her to say something like that for that type of a show. So I'm intrigued. <laughs> yeah. You know, the premise of it, right? I think so, but you refresh my memory just to be sure. Yeah. So they have three girls and, um, I don't know if the girls have typically made poor decisions and choosing men, but then they have, I think 40 guys mm-hmm. and half of them are certified F boys, okay. um, self-proclaimed and then 20 nice guys. And the girls are supposed to like talk and mingle and like root out who's a good guy and who's a bad guy or an mm-hmm. F boy. And so they eliminate them. And if they are truly an F boy, they go to this like horrible place. And then if a good guy gets um, wrongfully like booted, like we think you're an F boy. So kicking you off and he's actually a good guy. He gets to live in the mansion and like continue out the rest of the time there. And the girls are supposed to be making connections and still like weeding out who's an F boy. He's a good guy. (laughs) And then like... (laughs) The ending, I was rooting for her so hard. I was like, you got this girl, you got this. And she did not. Oh no. (laughs) Shoot. So if the guy is a fuck boy and she chooses him, is like, does he just abandon ship at the end? Or like, how does that work? Okay, so at the very end, also. All three girls, I guess they have like a $50,000 prize or whatever that no matter who they choose gets to like split it with them. Um, But if it's an F boy, he gets to decide if he's going to keep it to himself. (laughs) So if you're, if you get to the very end, you Mm -hmm. as one of the three girls and you choose an F boy and like you can choose an F boy and he decides to like split the money with you Oh, okay. or he can say, no, I'm an F boy. And I mean, at the very, by the very end, like they've already revealed everyone who's a good guy and who's an F boy, but the guys are also working on themselves to be better if they are F boys or whatever. So um, at the very end though, everyone's paired up and then it's like, what are you going to do with the money? And a guy can walk away with it if he wanted. Got it. Oh my goodness. That is Uh, yeah, I don't even know what to say. Like, I, <laughs> I feel like I lived too much of that in like college and a little bit after that would just be triggering, but oh, my sister and I are both so cynical. We're like, are we positive that it's half and half? Like, I'm thinking that there's like 36 F boys and only right. four good guys. Like, I think that someone lied about the logistics of this. Exactly. It's a trick. we need ratios that are accurately reflective of the population not yeah that's so well even that was like on the shows like there's no way 20 of those guys are nice there was no way no (laughs) especially if they're going on for fame then yeah no chance and they're all again ridiculously attractive I'm like there's no way (laughs) and then he'll turn out to be a nice guy and I'm like well at least I'm like erring on the side of (laughs) state That's amazing. Oh my God. So I did want to ask because I ask every guest how they define love. And other than the introduce yourself question, that ends up being the hardest one for them. So I'm really curious if you've got this sussed out or still in the works definition. Probably still in the works. Um, (laughs) 
I mean, I feel like you just know when it's love, but I believe in having a really good foundation. So like, I think that your person is also someone who is the best friend. It doesn't necessarily have to be your only best friend and the person that you do everything with. Sure. Cause that's no fun either. You do have to have like some time to yourself and to cultivate your own hobbies outside of them in the relationship. I think that's very important, mm -hmm. but it is someone that you can do everything with and also do nothing with. And you can talk to about most anything. You can laugh together. You, it's just, you know, if you take away all the like hot and heavy stuff, you're still wanting to be with each other or around each other. I think it's important. Oh, that's a nice one. So you're kind of in the camp of when you know, you know, type of it, like it's a feeling type of thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. I think that you can have all the lists in the world of, I want this, this, and this, and then it's not going to end up that way. Yeah. And I also like, I want to make it clear. I do not think anyone should spend every moment and do everything with someone that is to me obsession and it's not healthy or sustainable, but that it's someone that you could do pretty much everything with, whether it's making dinner together or going out to eat together, sitting at home or going out or going on vacation, you know, like there isn't yeah. anything where you're like, this is awful to do right. that. <laughs> That's, that's very fair. That's a good point. Um, do you feel like, cause you collect, you do these tea times and you collect all the juicy gossip from people. Do you feel like collecting all these stories of people like cheating or having these like crazy, like an awful experiences, does that ever make your definition of love kind of like falter or get questioned or are you still at the end of the day kind of a hopeless romantic or idealist when it comes to love despite all that well I think that I feel like I'm more of a realist and I think that a lot of things like that are symptoms of like a bigger problem whether it's lack of respect or lack of communication or lack of effort towards working into the relationship just like I think everyone needs therapy I think every couple needs therapy I don't I'm not saying it like oh there's something wrong with you you need to have to you know go to therapy but I think that a lot of times by the time couples go to therapy they've had a lot of issues that have been they've been growing for a while and it not to say it's ever too late but it's definitely a lot harder to fix something than to prevent things from happening I also don't think that cheating is the necessary like total end of a relationship. It depends on what's been going on. Mm -hmm. So if, I mean, if it's a brand new relationship where, you know, you've just been dating or something like that, and then they're just cheating because they just want new <laughs> vagina or whatever, <laughs> like that is just like, they just don't respect your boundaries. If, if right. you guys have decided that you're monogamous, they just don't respect your boundaries. They don't respect your feelings. But like, then think of a couple that's maybe been together 10 years and they have had a lot of communication breakdown and someone is working way longer hours and someone else feels a little bit neglected. And then someone is getting a little bit of attention and they're not really meaning to, you know, like, mm -hmm. I feel like that's a different problem. It, the problem isn't the cheating. The problem isn't even like the boundaries. The problem is that they were drifting apart and not making time for each other and not making each other feel loved or wanted or whatever. And that's 
that's the root problem versus maybe in that other example I gave is like that person just doesn't care. So like one I think is something that you can fix mm -hmm. and work on. And the other is this person's probably going to keep cheating on you because they don't care. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And do you think that shows like Temptation Island that are specifically designed to tempt people into that, like, are we consuming shows that are kind of setting us up to fail in defining love or practicing it in healthy ways in our relationships, do you think? Or is it like, in well, I hope that nobody, <laughs> nobody is taking relationship notes from things oh, like Temptation <laughs> Island. Yeah. And I think that if you can go on a TV show that lasts like six weeks or 12 weeks and like still cannot not cheat like, <laughs> with the cameras rolling, like I feel like just like, like what it, is it too hot to handle where they're not, yeah, they're not allowed to like, right. Hook up. I, yeah. I would be like, I cannot have sex for six or eight weeks, right. especially with the cameras there. Like <laughs> if anything, even if they're like, no, you can totally do it. I'd be like, the camera's you. Do I want this to live on right. for the rest of my life <laughs> forever? Do I want it out there? Right. <laughs> like I would be, they would not cast me. Well, first of all, I would never <laughs> look like the people that are there, but let's pretend that they're like, we're going to do an ordinary person version. Oh, I would be like, so boring. Like they'd be like, you cannot be like, that's fine. The cameras are right there. No one looks attractive groping each other. It's not happening. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I always just wonder because it's like, I mean, especially with these couples that we talked about, I mean, you know, the Machine Gun Kelly, Megan Fox, the Angelina Jolie and um, Billy Bob Thornton's of the world where it's like, we see that similar to how we see these celebrities with cosmetic surgery. And then we want to mimic it I always wonder are we internalizing some of those ideas and hoping for it ourselves I'm sure we do at some point um or some people do I I just feel like if you're ever looking at someone's relationship and like and that's even in your everyday mm -hmm. I wouldn't ever like wish that on you because right. you never know what it's like behind closed doors for all you know that is an extremely abusive relationship and you haven't you have no right. idea and you're wishing for something that you should never wish for mm -hmm. um but yeah I think especially like right now with the Megan Fox thing I think people are thinking that you need to have like these like sh like very public shows of affection like ex extremely public mm -hmm. <laughs> to like be a real couple and on a smaller scale, like I'll see like my friends like post like three novels and a caption about how much they love their boyfriend or husband or whatever. Yeah. And I'm not a fan. Right. I mean, I post pictures of Trey and I, I mean, I love him, but you'll never find like that long of a, right. <laughs> of a caption, <laughs> like expressing my love for him because I feel like that's performative and yeah not very authentic and also weird because I don't want anybody I don't want them to know like I don't know any pet names or anything like that right. it's weird. <laughs> yeah people don't need to see that I know that's well that's the other thing that's so interesting it kind of goes back to like the PR conversation we were having and the surgeries and stuff like that is we almost live in a world where if you're not performing you're not existing and 
it's unfortunate because it it just forces you to create something out of nothing when the nothing is just fine the way it is. So true. And I'm not going to say that I'm totally immune. Like I am definitely when, when my friends are like, he still hasn't posted me. I was like, if he hasn't posted you in three months, there's probably another girl who thinks she's a girlfriend too. (laughs) Like I'm totally on that. If he's not making you public on some level, it's for a reason but I'm not to the point where I'm like, he needs to be like proposing to you and the captions and <laughs> have a whole Ted talk dedicated to his love for you. Yes. yes by week six. Right. <laughs> if it doesn't adhere to this specific timeline in particular, then forget about it. Yeah, right. Assumed. <laughs> for sure. Well, this was great. Are there any questions you wish I had asked you or anything you wanted to cover? I mean, I don't know. You do a great job with your platform, obviously, but I know that you don't get to talk as much about like love and dating shows because you have this really impressive niche that I think people (laughs) expect a lot of you from at this point, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but I want to hear more about some of the things you like in dating shows. (laughs) I just, I mean, I love love Island because I think it's the best portrayal of falling in love. I think it's the most accurate in terms of people spending so much time together, really getting to know each other at a level that allows them to discover what they actually like and dislike about someone versus a show like The Bachelor where- I hate The Bachelor. Right? Like, yeah, you get no time with the person. So how do you even really know? Um, Obviously the only issue with Love Island is that you're not in the the real world. And the same goes for Love is Blind though 10 days is too short in my opinion anyway. But I mean, you run into so many issues when I think a lot of couples are even experiencing this that developed during the pandemic where then they leave their bubble of isolation and they start going out with friends and they're discovering new layers to their partner that they don't necessarily love. So the fact though, to me, at least that in Love Island, they exist in some sort of social setting addresses a little bit of that too. Right. Like how people handle jealousy or if he's going to be wishy-washy, like some other girl first or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like the energy levels too, of extroversion and introversion and wanting to be around people all the time versus wanting some alone time, like stuff that I think really matters is usually covered in those eight weeks, but, um, yeah, so that's, I really like it when I think it actually is an accurate depiction. And that's also why I love seeing so many of the love Island couples are like married and have kids and, you know, like to me, it makes sense, but, um, yeah, so that's what I enjoy. I don't know how many couples are lasting from, are you the one, but I really like, are you the one, I think it might be my favorite because, it forces people to go and look for, I I know that it doesn't like outside people choosing your perfect match. doesn't mean that they're your perfect match, Mm -hmm. but it forces them to get to know people that they maybe necessarily wouldn't have, you know, gotten to know and try to find that compatibility. And there's always like that one couple that refuses to uncouple, even though they found out they're not (laughs) the right one. And I'm like, you are the people who stay with someone when there's red flags. And usually those are the couples that are the most toxic, like they've already been fighting and it's like, 
-hmm. you're fighting. You're obviously not a perfect match. You, you did the little like couple thing and it said not a match. You need to uncouple and go find your person. (laughs) Um, which I feel like is very applicable to a lot of people in real life. Like a lot of times we get stuck in a relationship that we think is it. And even all of our friends and family are like, this is not it. We are telling you, this is not it. it It should not be this hard. It should not be this upsetting. It should not be this toxic that you they're still like holding on you know yeah but I think that's why I love are you the one so much because it forces them to and again it's not like anyone on that show is ever like unattractive but to like let go of the person that they probably just felt was the most attractive and you know start looking at other people as potential suitors Mm -hmm. that's a really good point I watched the queer season and did an episode on that one. And I really loved it, especially just because there were so many different combinations that could have worked. So it made you really always guessing of who the pairs were meant to be. But that's a really good point about how, you know, you'll see, especially on dating apps, I always tell my friends, like, don't swipe just based on someone you would go for in a club or something like that. Because the reality is once you get to know someone, things really do change. So I, yeah, I think we're being reminded of that, that like an algorithm is not always the best way, or it might know something that you don't know is really helpful either way. Yeah. So how do you feel like people should navigate that? I will say that Trey and I've been together since 2013. And oh so God. that was right around the time that Tinder had <laughs> come out. So I've never been on any of these apps, but I've seen them <laughs> and like my friends are always talking about hinge or fumble or whatever. And so like they'll send me screenshots of like whatever. And so I've like, you know, but I've never had to sit there and like choose someone for myself, but it all seems very much like looks based, especially just the idea of like mm-hmm. split second left or right. I don't know which one's passed or whatever, but like totally. just as soon as you see no, no, yes, no, no. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and the tricky part too, is a lot of people photograph differently than they look in real life. I mean, you know that better than anybody. You're looking at all these photographs all the time and no one really looks like their photos either for better or for worse. It totally depends. So that's tricky too. But the best advice I got on this podcast when I was talking to different people about that was with a relationship therapist. And she said, you really have to look at the profiles by real metrics of compatibility. So don't look, because now the dating apps allow you to put things like your star sign. Like, don't look at that. Look at if they say, you know, which political party they belong to, if that's something that matters to you. Don't care as much about if they have a dog, care more about how they're spending their weekends and, you know, who's in their photos with them. Is there family in there? If you're a family person and that's really important. And so I I had never really thought about that because um, one, I mean, she and I talked, it was right when the pandemic started. And so I just hadn't really taken that keen of an eye to dating apps, but um, two, I just hadn't thought about compatibility in that way, which it's so obvious when you actually think about it, but no one likes that way. Right. And I guess that's also sometimes what we're missing from hookup culture is like not, even if you didn't meet them on an app, but like, if you're not having those conversations, like political party or religion or family, or or do you go out every weekend or sometimes, or where, where are you with this? Um, You're missing out on 
finding out if that person is right for you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I can see that. Makes a huge difference. Well, and that's why I did like on Love is Blind with Ayana and Jarrett, how they were talking a lot about he'll stay out really, really late and she'll go home quite early. She doesn't want to be out late. And, you know, is that going to be a problem? And can they navigate through that? Because it doesn't actually sound like a big deal, but your sleep schedules really matter if you're going to be sharing a bedroom. It makes a huge difference. Right. And it's not just that it's, it affects your entire day because if she's going to bed early, she's probably waking up early. And if he's having late nights, I'm not going to wake up early. Right. <laughs> messes everything up. Exactly. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I like seeing more of that talked about. And I also did think it was interesting that this season of Love is Blind focused more on the looks in the reveals than the previous season. I felt like at least they didn't show anyone saying, I'm so afraid of what they're going to think of me when they see me. But this season, I felt that was talked about a ton. And I don't know if that's a result of two years and more social media use or what, but that was interesting. And I wonder too, because I don't know if it's because you said you don't watch The Bachelor and I don't normally, I've watched like one season, just, I haven't even done an episode on it because I, I don't know, I'm procrastinating. It's terrible, but they, they literally Franken edit and make sentences out of like one word things that people say. And so I am really curious if Netflix did any of that in general, because again, they were sitting on this for so long that I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm very curious what editing looks like from one dating show to the other, because there's a lot of variation between them. I wonder if we can get someone who is an editor yeah you and I would love to hear right we should I mean yeah if the three of us did a podcast on that that would be very cool so well thank you for taking the time I know it's almost been an hour I you're amazing and I'm just gonna keep enjoying all your content so (laughs) thanks for that and thank you for contributing even more right now oh no thank you so much and I will be looking to see if I find some sort of dating show editor and we can see (laughs) They might know about other things too, especially people in industries that are that niche, like tend to know each other. And maybe we can find someone who's like, we edit like this, but they edit like that or something. Yeah. That'd be awesome. That'd be really cool. Keep me posted. I will. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for being on. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Well, That's all I've got this week. Thank you so, so much for being here.